Hey everybody, thanks again for joining another Selling From Why podcast. I'm your host, Andrew James, author of the book, Selling From Why, A PEO Story. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We'll have new episodes on air every week. So on today's podcast, I want to spend some time talking about the PEO story, your PEO story. In other words, that very, very crucial message that you're going to be delivering as part of your initial meeting with your prospect, as well as potentially even using a compressed or abridged version for some of your initial contacts with your prospects when you're attempting to seek to to get that first meeting with them. Again, I'm your host, Andrew James. This is the Selling From Why podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks for joining. Okay, so in today's podcast, as I mentioned, we're going to begin to discuss what I call the PEO story. PEO story is an incredibly important aspect of any initial meeting with a prospect. And it is important because it really begins to set the foundation of the remaining conversations and the remaining sales process. In your initial meeting, the intent or or the goal of the meeting, as we've discussed in prior podcasts, is to ensure that you are beginning to create alignment, that you are exploring the early stages of understanding the goals of a business, their dreams, their ambitions, what we've determined are the why factors, why are they in business, why are they motivated to do the business that that they're doing. But it's also in this opportunity when we begin this PEO story, it's our opportunity to begin talking about our PEO. In other words, we're beginning to give shape to the solution and to the elements of our solution that are going to be of value to the prospect. So in order to really begin to move forward in understanding what our PEO story needs to look like, we have to start with our own goal, our own reason for telling the PEO story. The most obvious thing that we can we can uncover here is that this purpose for the PEO story is to create alignment. Alignment occurs at the why of the PEO as well as the why of the business client or business prospect that we're meeting with. So what I mean by that is, again, as we've discussed in in prior podcasts, why a business is in existence in the first place is often for any number of different reasons, but generally is the goal or ambition that they've, they've shared with us that we've uncovered through the discovery in our initial meeting. It can be to become the best law firm in the area, to help aid those clients that are most in need. It can be that the owner who was in the landscaping industry for countless years wants to have the best landscaping business in the area. They truly believe in the art and the beauty of landscaping. There's a passion behind most business owners' goals, and that's what you're looking to uncover. Once you do uncover that, what you realize then is that the, the alignment that's going to occur between that goal is very easy to recognize when we discuss why a PEO is in existence as well. The PEO's goal or reason for being in business is to be the benefit of the businesses they work with, the clients they have. In other words, the PEO is there to make those companies more successful. So it's very easy to understand where alignment comes from, but the business owners themselves may not be aware of that. You might often be speaking with decision makers very unfamiliar with PEO. They don't know what PEO looks like or is. So it's this opportunity in our PEO story where we begin to explain that you have a goal of your business, and as it happens to be, our goal is to help you reach your goal. There's no better alignment 
than understanding that the reason we exist is for the purpose of ensuring that you meet the reasons you exist. There's some other goals that we have in our PEO story, but that's going to be the most relevant aspect to our PEO story. After that, we have to look at the goal of creating a clear message. We're trying to deliver a clear message. Our PEO story needs to skirt the difference between too little and too much. It really is the Goldilocks effect. It cannot be too warm or too cold. It has to be just right. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to give enough information to get the prospect or the business owner to be excited about the idea of PEO without giving so much information that we've oversold the solution and we begin to focus in on things like what we do. The PEO story is an opportunity to talk about why we exist. It's an opportunity to talk about how we work with businesses, but it's not an opportunity to talk about what we do. And there's a reason for that that we'll explore. But the very, very simple explanation is that if we begin to talk about what we do this early on in the process without having a true understanding of what the business that we're, we're working with is doing, we're going to create what's called an anchored rebuttal. An anchored rebuttal is any rebuttal that a prospect may give by isolating one specific element, service, or piece of the PEO solution and refusing that service because they either perceive no value or they see it as something that is, is unnecessary or they might already be doing it in their business today. So that's kind of our goal. That's what we're starting with in our PEO story. The next thing that we want to utilize our PEO story for is very simply to ensure the next steps in our sales process. The PEO story needs to be exciting, interesting, and engaging enough in the way that it aligns the goals of a business and the goals of a PEO, and it needs to be enough information but not too much information that it leaves the business owner wanting to know more. In other words, we've introduced an idea, we've made it exciting, we've given them a little bit of a taste of what PEO can potentially do, how it works, why it exists, but from there we're going to create obvious and needed next steps. And this is what we're going to refer to as our call to action. In our call to action, we must express and gain the idea of collaboration in our future interactions with the business owner. And this is something that is very, very crucial and it's explored a great deal in my book. But the idea that a sales process become collaborative is what's going to allow you as the salesperson the necessary interactions with the business owner, with members of the, the executive team, or with other employees at the business to begin exploring what that company is doing in, in certain areas of your business process, like your analysis, your, your subject matter expert meetings, even your technology demonstrations. So we need to create something called collaboration. And again, very simply, collaboration is going to be the idea that it is not simply you that is going to be going through a sales process with the business owner, but that the business owner is going to be going through that sales process with you. It is a mutual collaboration, a mutual interest of exploring and understanding the needs and goals of a business to verify if we have, in fact, got a potential solution, a customized approach to their business that's going to help them meet their needs. And so that idea of exploring collaboration needs to be firmly expressed within our PEO story. One thing that we cannot avoid doing is setting a clear next step and making sure that it is a collaborative one. As with all other aspects of the PEO solution and the PEO sales process, this story can be divided up into its individual elements or individual sections to create a streamlined process of presenting 
a PEO story. Now here is something I will say. A PEO story needs to be damn near perfect. It needs to be practice. It needs to be repetitive. You need to be able to say this thing forwards and backwards. When you look at how an initial meeting process runs, you've got your introduction, you've got your setting of agenda, discovery, PEO story, and then obviously any questions or, or the scheduling of next steps. This PEO story is the one aspect of any initial meeting that can be moved around or changed location within the meeting. Everything else needs to remain pretty much the same, but the PEO story can be used even if sometimes only in a small portion to reaffirm values, to regain interest, to align or create excitement with a newcomer in the meeting, or even used at times when you have a very difficult prospect who is rebutting early attempts to get into discovery. And so because of that, it cannot be up to the salesperson to fall apart every time they're interrupted in the PEO story. It can't be a situation where you stumble across it. The PEO story needs to be a honed and perfected speech. And so the best way to approach that is obviously not only to memorize and repeat it on a regular basis, but it's to divide it into its individual components. So there are five steps or five elements of a PEO story. The first, very simply, is the introduction. In the introduction, we're simply doing exactly what it says. We're introducing the idea of PEO, but it's a little bit more specific than our introduction of ourselves. In the introduction of the PEO story, we're introducing our PEO. We might even introduce, in more specific nature, the, the, the PEO in general. We might introduce who we are, but we're bringing some element of knowledge, some element of credibility to our conversation, to our PEO story. At the same time, we're using this portion of our story, our introduction, to re-explain or to begin to explain why the PEO exists or why our PEO exists and why that's relevant. This is the beginning of alignment. From there, we get to the second step of our PEO story, which is the three hows. Right? We've discussed this in prior episodes, cost stabilization, reduction of risk, and improved productivity of the workforce. We're using the PEO story and the second section to begin to introduce those three hows or solutions as they are relevant to our PEO. In the next step of our story, we're going to begin to talk about selectivity. So selectivity is very, very important because it's through our, in our introduction of selectivity that we're going to begin to bring the, the conversation full circle and begin to discuss collaboration and we're going to get involvement of the business owner in the remainder of our sales process. After that, we're going to have our actual call to action where we're going to bring selectivity to its final point where we're going to begin to discuss the steps of the sales process and how we finally need the owner to be involved in it. And then last but not least, we'll get to the questions and answers or the understanding and validation of the story. And those are the steps of the PEO story you need to, again, understand them in absolute confidence. You need to be able to move in and out of the story at will. And it's very, very important that this story be honed to a fine point. Now, there is one thing I will add before I begin telling a PEO story, as it is probably the only way to truly explain and share the impact and the design of a PEO story such that it, it can be relevant to the listener. 
But the one thing I want to add before we start that is very simply this. The PEO story has to be yours. In other words, it needs to be your PEO story. I can give my PEO story. I can explain all the different elements of the PEO story, why I've chosen to say the things I've said or, or position the, the information I'm positioning. But at the end of the day, the PEO story is going to be told the best if it contains elements and wording and talk tracks that are specific to the, the storyteller. And so because of that, I encourage anybody who creates their PEO story to, to do so with their own flair, their own personality, their own gifts and talents, relying on who you are as a salesperson, as an individual, whether you be a long tenured PEO salesperson or someone who's new in the industry, whether it be a small PEO that you work for with a regional footprint or a large national PEO with countless solutions, whatever the case may be, the PEO story you deliver should be your own. And because of that, when I tell my PEO story here in just a moment, it's going to contain aspects that are very, very specific to me and specific to the most recent PEO that I worked with. But again, this is my story. And if you want your PEO story to be amazing and to do all of those things that we're challenging it to do, the best thing you can do is make it your own. From there, let's jump into my PEO story. Now remember that this portion of the initial meeting or the PEO story is going to occur in more times than, than, than not at the end of the discovery process. So we've gone through the introduction. I've, I've introduced myself to the business owner or the decision maker or whoever is in the meeting. I've created or set an agenda that's put myself firmly in charge of the meeting. And then I've begun a discovery process in which I have spent 10, 15 minutes, depending on the size of the business and the necessity of it, learning about the goals and ambitions and dreams of the business owner. Now, during that process, I may have also uncovered some elements of how the business is currently attempting to achieve their goals, but I have not explored any of the what or the individual components that they have maybe created within their business model or I don't know what their healthcare renewal date might be. I, I'm not sure what payroll servicing or software they're using. None of those pieces of information are relevant. And so also because of that, I'm not going to introduce our solutions or excuse me, our services specific to the PEO to that business owner. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus my story on, on explaining my PEO, talking about why we exist, examining how we create solutions for businesses, and then finally creating a, a call to action through collaboration and introducing some next steps. So let's go ahead and proceed with the story. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Business Owner. I appreciate you taking some time here to share so much information about your business. And honestly, it's always very exciting for me to get an opportunity to learn a little bit more about the reasons why you're a business was started or some of the goals, some of the things that companies that I work with do. As I mentioned early on in our conversation when we first sat down, a PEO solution is, is very large, it's very comprehensive, and there's a lot of moving parts. And because of that, it's very hard for me, uh, even, even at this point, to really talk to the, the specific elements of the PEO service because what we do for all of our clients can be so very different depending on their needs, depending on their goals. So what I want to do is I want to switch gears here a little bit. I want to tell you a little bit more about our PEO. So our PEO has been around now for about 20, 25 years. 
and we cover about 16,000 clients, which encompasses almost 400,000 employees across all 50 states. And while I love to brag about all of the success we've had as an organization, the real reason I'm telling you that is because when you do the math and you look at 400,000 employees and 16,000 clients, you realize that we work with businesses exactly in your size range. I think that's important to know for you as a business owner and, and decision makers in this, in this solution, in this conversation, because it really gives credibility to the fact that our business model, our entire goal of a business, really hinges around working with businesses exactly like yours every single day. And it's very, very specific what we do for those companies. We do one thing and one thing only when you really, really sit down and examine it. We help those companies become more successful. That's it. That's the goal we have as an organization. We help those business owners achieve their goals and their ambitions and their dreams. Now, how we do that, as I mentioned, can be very, very different depending on the business we work with. But there's three areas that we impact with our business relationships and business partnerships. And the first is cost containment, second is risk mitigation, and third is increased productivity. So I want to examine each of those individually very, very briefly here so I can do a better job of explaining why they're relevant to you. So let's take the first one, which is cost containment. And I like to bring this one up first because really, it is kind of the carrot that we dangle, at least early on in our sales conversations, because it's probably the one that makes your ears perk up the most, right? We wanna make sure that we're helping control cost. Now, I'm not saying that we're saving money, and I think this is something important I need to note to you right now. Our goal is not to save money. Our goal is to control cost. So when we go back to that 400,000 employees, 16,000 clients, what I'm really able to say is that we're using the size of our business, the size of that pool of employees and pool of businesses to help give you a procurement model that you simply cannot get today in the open market. No matter how good your broker is, no matter how good your business relationships, business partners happen to be, no matter how great those, those individual agents are for your business today, they simply cannot allow you access to a procurement model like we can. Essentially today as a 25 employee company, you're able to go to market as a 25 employee company, which means you have all of the restrictions and the cost control of a 25 employee company. But through our sales model, you get access to a procurement model of 400,000 employees and all of the significant buying power that that allows you to achieve in the open market for things like healthcare, workers' compensation, benefits programs, even in some cases your taxes. All of these can be impacted in cost through this procurement model, through this go-to-market strategy. So very, very simply, the best way I can explain it, if you're familiar with a Costco or maybe a Sam's Club, you know that when you go to those places, you can buy more chicken or more of anything at a lower cost by purchasing in bulk. And that's essentially the goal that we have in the way that we allow our business clients to control their costs. But it's not just costs right out of the gate that are impacted for businesses like yours. It's also the ability to maintain those cost-controlled environments. Today, your business may have a significant claim against it in workers' comp. It may have an unhealthy employee or a premature baby. Anything can happen with those insurance programs that can cause your costs to skyrocket next year at your renewal time. 
With our program, we're diversifying the cost of those claims, the cost of those risks across our entire pool of employees to allow those to be simply drops in a bucket, which means that it's not just our ability to control the cost today, but our long-term cost stabilization that allows you as a business owner to escape those peaks and valleys, those unpredictable cost changes that you see in the open market. Now, it's not just cost control. As I mentioned, there are three solutions that we really drive for our business clients. First one, cost. But after that, we get to risk mitigation. And this is something that's very, very exciting for a lot of business owners. Because chances are, when you go home at night, when you turn the lights off at the shop, or when you leave your business parking lot, many times what's, what's keeping you concerned, what, what's causing that anxiety or fear, comes from the risk of being in business. Now, we've been here for about 30 minutes today so far, but I'm willing to bet that in those 30 minutes, there's gonna be some new rule, some new legislation, some new act of compliance that the local government or the federal government has issued that they're going to require your business to adhere to. Now, they aren't gonna tell you what it is, they're not gonna tell you how to do it, and they're certainly not gonna come by and give you a high five when you do it right. But if you make just one mistake when it comes to something like compliance, you can result in thousands of dollars in fines, business shutdowns, can be anything. So the point is, is that for a lot of business owners, risk mitigation is a key priority to allow them to continue to move their business forward confidently. And what the PEO solution does is it really adds a layer of insulation between yourselves and risk essentially mitigating the aspects of risk and compliance, either through a proactive approach of risk mitigation or through reactive services and solutions to minimize the fallout or the impact of an event should it occur. So really what I mean by that is, think of us a little bit like a GPS. When you get in your car and you decide where you wanna go, you turn your GPS on and you plug in the location. Now the GPS doesn't do the driving for you, never puts its hand on the wheel. But the GPS is there to make sure that you get to the location in the best possible route. You avoid traffic, you avoid lane closures, you avoid, you avoid accidents. If you happen to go right when you needed to go left, the GPS is gonna remind you of the best way to get back on track. But at no point does the GPS ever tell you where you have to go. It just tells you the best way to get to where you're going. In a lot of ways, that's how our PEO solution works. We're not here to tell you what to do. We're not here to define your goals. Should you choose to turn left when we said right, that's your choice to make. But we're certainly going to help track out the best course of action so you can avoid any potential pitfalls, especially as it relates to compliance. And last but not least is my favorite topic, which comes down to productivity. And when I reference productivity, there's really two pieces of this that are important for businesses such as yours. The first, is freeing up the time and the resources of key individuals within your employment so that they are able to be revenue generating. We see that for many organizations, the employment model and the fact that you are an employer takes time away from those tasks and those day-to-day -day jobs and duties that are essentially core competencies or elements of your business that help your business grow and achieve. Our goal as a PEO is to remove anything that isn't revenue generating from the plate of those individuals who have more important things to do for the business. Now the other piece of what a PEO does in terms of productivity is a little bit harder to explain and it certainly will take some time to really understand this with a business, 
but the idea is that we help your employees be more productive. When you think of things like a productive employee, you think of their ability to do more with less, to get the job done faster, to be more profitable for the business. This idea that an employee is a profit center, this isn't a new concept. This is probably something you're very understanding and very familiar with. For many businesses, unless you're Snapchat or Facebook or Netflix, in which you have such a proprietary process or service or solution that no one else in the marketplace is doing it, the only thing that really separates your business from the other businesses in the area or the other employers in the area is your people. So we want to maximize the productivity of your people. And we do that through engagement surveys, finding ways to help you attract and retain key talent, making sure that that talent is staying in place, working as hard as possible, and maximizing their own capabilities and profitability. And that's a huge, huge benefit for many, many small business owners who generally don't have the resources available to be able to tackle such a task as either it costs a lot of money, takes a lot of time, or simply put, many businesses, many business owners just don't know how to go about approaching that subject. Now, the truth is, this solution might not be right for you, right? I've been here for a full 30 minutes learning about your business. Your business has been around now for 15 years. There's no way in those 30 minutes I can possibly tell you that my company, my services are going to be a fit for your business. But what I can tell you is that you look a lot like the companies we work with. But that being said, we turn away about 30 to 40% of companies that look at our solution as a, as a PEO and as a resource for their business. And the reason is because we're very, very careful about who we work with. We do a lot of due diligence. We try to understand the needs and the goals of the businesses that we attempt to partner and support. And that's because this isn't a Band-Aid solution. This is a long-term partnership. We have a goal of helping our clients achieve their business success. So in order to know that we're partnering with the right business, we need to know that we're able to do that for our clients. Now at the same time, it's important that our clients learn about our business. So what I propose is that we take some opportunities from here to really learn about your business, to learn about one another, so you can also spend some time doing your due diligence on us. The goal is that over the next 20 to 30 days, we spend time in a couple of meetings learning about your business processes, learning what you're doing today, learning what we might be able to be a solution for, and at the same time, beginning to present information to you that is either going to be relevant or not relevant to your business. Now, truth be told, if I find that this is not going to be a good solution or I find a reason why we won't be a good fit for you, I will be the first person to head out the door and, and leave you alone. I don't want to waste your time any more than I want to waste my own. But what I can say is this, the clients who choose to join our PEO solution stay on board between seven and 11 years. Our client retention rate is very, very strong and there's a reason for that and it's because of all three of those solutions I mentioned before. The ability to maintain a cost-controlled environment for your business while simultaneously minimizing the risks and, and the concern associated with the responsibilities of being an employer and improving the overall productivity of your employment model are the things that allows you as a business owner to achieve your goals and find success. And what I'd like to do from here is I'd like to schedule a meeting with yourself as well as any other of your business administrators potentially next week for about an hour to an hour and a half to sit down and really start digging through some of those things that you're doing today as an employer so I can begin finding areas that we may or may not be able to be a solution and as I mentioned this isn't necessarily a fit for every business owner. If it is, 
will continue moving forward, but if it isn't, I assure you, I'll be the first one to let you know. So let's take a quick moment to examine some of what I just brought up in my PEO store. As you heard, I introduced the idea of the PEO story by explaining that it was a very large solution, so I wanted to make sure that I had learned enough about their business before I presented it. I explained the size of the PEO. In my specific instance, I worked with a very, very large national PEO, which had coverage across all 50 states, and because of that, I was able to reference the size of the business. But I was also very cautious to reference the sizes of the businesses we worked with. And this is important because I want to not only build credibility, but I also want to make myself appear approachable. I don't want the client to ever wonder if they made a good decision or a bad decision by working with a company so large that they would just be another number or another client. After that, I really dug into the idea of why. Why are they in business and why are we in business? Very, very simply, that alignment that we're seeking, that idea of engaging them through aligning our values and theirs comes from the idea that they are in business for the reasons of their success, we are in business for the reasons of their success. There's no better explanation of why we should work together or look at the opportunity to work together than understanding that we both work for the same goals. And from there, we began to explore how we work through our three core solutions, cost control, risk mitigation, and improved productivity. Now, what you'll notice in that section, as I once had a salesperson point out to me when he said, but you didn't tell them what we do. And that is absolutely by design. As we discussed earlier on in this podcast, there's something called an anchored rebuttal. Anchored rebuttal sounds a lot like any other rebuttal, but it is anchored specifically in something that the salesperson has said. For instance, were I, during my explanation of PEO, to bring up any element, any service of the PEO, payroll, healthcare, specific workers' comp programs, uh, time and attendance solutions, an HR solution, an employee handbook, it could be any one of, of many, many things that the PEO solution is comprised of, if I were to bring those up in a specific way, I would run the risk of creating an anchored rebuttal. In an anchored rebuttal, that business owner then takes that one specific element, that one specific service, and refutes every aspect of the solution and the value of the solution because of that one specific service. Let me give you a little bit more specific of an example. I worked with a sales rep, one of my most, most gifted salespeople I worked with, a young man who I had not attended an initial meeting with for quite some time when he invited me on one. And during that initial meeting, we got to his PEO story, at which point I had always assumed he had a beautiful PEO story, but he had changed one single line in his PEO story. And that line was the inclusion of talking about the HR service specific to employee handbooks. Now, it might seem that there's absolutely no reason not to mention that. But unfortunately, this business owner believed that there was no reason to have an employee handbook. Whether right or wrong, they had heard that an employee handbook created too much concern over restrictions with employment. So as soon as those words were out of his mouth, the business owner said, hold on a second, we don't do employee handbooks. Before he could continue, my salesperson immediately responded with, that's great. One of the first things our HR team will do is, 
and once again he was cut off, not by the business owner this time, but instead by the HR director sitting next to the business owner who said, what HR team? And it went on and on and on. Eventually, we lost any sense of engagement or alignment we had been seeking because we had created what's called an anchored rebuttal in that the business owner had found and isolated one specific element that they were not interested in. Be careful you do not talk about what you do during your PEO story. Now the last piece or last element of this comes down to how we concluded our PEO story, which was the idea of selectivity and then a call to action. In the last two elements of the PEO story, we talked about selectivity in the idea that the PEO relationship was exclusive. We do not allow everybody access. And because of that, it creates the idea of selectivity that even should the prospect be interested or want to move forward with the PEO, it's possible that they won't be able to. And then furthermore, the idea that the PEO solution is something that is a long-term commitment. And because of that, we needed to explore the options and the opportunity of the solution together by doing a mutual evaluation in which the business owner and the business decision makers and ourselves are both learning about one another to determine if this is the right fit. Getting agreement for this step of the story is crucial. If you gain agreement at this moment in the story, you will find that every other step in your sales process becomes a great deal easier because you now have commitment from the business owner that they are going to be along for the ride. They are also going to be doing evaluations with you. Now, it changes the nature of every meeting you have afterwards because you are going to need to bring value in every follow-up meeting from this point on. But by getting that agreement, you get collaboration. It is not you who is evaluating the business, but you and the decision makers of the prospect are evaluating the solution together. It is the admission by the salesperson that I do not know whether or not we are a good fit, but we're going to spend time to find out together and we agree we will not waste one another's time. And if those things are true, the only logical next step is to sit down once again in a week's time, spend some time truly evaluating the business. And that's where we leave the conversation. Now, you may get some rebuttals from this. You may get questions. Generally speaking, the first question you get from a business owner or decision maker after you conclude this process is going to be, so what do you do for my business? And the truth is, we don't know. It's okay to say we don't know the answer to that question. In fact, we encourage that to be the answer to that question because we don't know. And admitting that you don't know what you're going to do is again what's going to drive that business owner through the process. You have explained that the reason your business exists is for the benefit of their goals and ambitions and dreams, their why. Why did they ever get into business? What was that call to be a business owner that you want to embrace? Where is that passion coming from? You're going to appeal to that sense of passion. You're going to introduce three how elements. The three hows, cost control, risk mitigation, and improve productivity. All three elements are directly in opposition to the impacts of the open market and the internal employment model that any business owner is facing and struggling with. There is absolutely no business owner out there who does not want to minimize his risk of business ownership, control the costs that are frustrating his business, and improve the productivity of his workforce. The only logical question that they will have at this point is how 
What are you going to do in order to get that done? And that's what we're going to spend time figuring out. That concludes another Selling From Why podcast. Thanks again for listening. And for those of you that have subscribed, if you haven't done so already, please do so. Again, if you want to spend more time digging into the sales process and methodology I've created around the PEO industry, feel free to go out and get my book on Amazon or Kindle, Selling From Why, A PEO Story. I appreciate all of you joining me this week, and we'll be back again next week with another Selling From Why podcast. Thanks so much.